one of the most important astrologers who correctly predicted the defeat of President Trump in the US elections and the violence that ensued in the aftermath has important predictions about Afghanistan and the surrounding regions. What will happen to the US, China, Pakistan and India in the upcoming decades? These are important outcomes that affect us all. So please watch this video carefully. Namaste, Vijaya Vishwanathan for the Infinity Foundation channel. My guest today is Sri PVR Narasimha Rao. Sri PVR Narasimha Rao is very popular among our viewers, but for those who do not know him, here is a brief profile. PVR Narasimha Rao has a bachelor's degree from IIT Madras and a master's degree from Rice University and works in the greater Boston area as a senior engineering manager at a top semiconductor firm. He's also a Sanskrit scholar with Sanskrit Bhasha Kovida and Sanskrit Bhasha Visharada degrees earned as a mere child. And he combines his Sanskrit knowledge with scientific temper to conduct fresh research into the teachings of the Rishis. He has created a free Jyotisha software, a textbook, and many Homa ritual manuals, which can be downloaded from his website, vedicastrologer.org. We will provide the details in the description below. So please join me in welcoming Sri Narasimha Rao. Namaste Sri Narasimha Rao. Namaste Vijayaji and Namaste viewers. So the last time I talked to Sri Rao was before the US elections, where he not only correctly predicted the outcome of the US elections, but also the aftermath of the elections in the United States. Today, against the backdrop of the US pullout in Afghanistan, China's growing stature on the world stage and the COVID-19 crisis. We would like to take a deep dive into geopolitical outcomes for the world using Jyotisha as a Shastra and Sri Narasimha Rao is an expert in this field. So let's start, but before I uh, start Sri Narasimha Rao, I wanted to ask you about how Jyotisha is used for a collective um, prediction for Lokakshemam, for the collective good of humanity, or is it used for personal problem resolution, uh, like uh, personal finance, um, matrimony, which seems to be the predominant use of this Shastra today? Both are valid uses. Rishi start both of them. You can, you can take the individual horoscope of an individual and try to assess the flow of karmas, the momentum of karmas of that person. And the thing is, you can't really, when people say use astrology to fix problems, it doesn't really allow you to fix the problems. It mm -hmm. gives you an outlook of what are the kind of karmas you are dealing with, how mm -hmm. dense those are, how easy it is, how easy or difficult it is to put effort to alter the momentum of karmas. So through remedies, through upayas, through various spiritual sadhanas, you can try to alter the direction of the karmas that you are experiencing but it doesn't completely solve the problem problem is solved by your effort and it gives you guidance on what kind of effort is more suitable to solving a particular kind of problem so that is definitely a valid use because each person wants his own or her own good first and then they care about the world so mm -hmm. 
helping people in need is a is an important use of jyotish shastra as a matter of fact that is that was the main focus of rishis that okay. was that that took lot of a uh, lot of the verses of rishis was about individual horoscopes and, and now the tricky thing about individual horoscopes is the time may not be known accurately and we really need an accurate time so sometimes you can reverse engineer the time based on what you know about the person find a very accurate time but it requires lot of effort so in general we are working with inaccurate data so there is there is some accuracy problem there whereas okay. when you look at the collective when you look at like countries or regions of the world there are charts like independence charts etc but more than those there are some uh, phenomena like sun and moon being together sun and moon conjoining sun entering a particular sign things like that saturn and jupiter mm-hmm. conjoining saturn and ketu conjoining there are certain celestial phenomena and based on the chart made for the celestial phenomena at the capital of a place you can basically uh, assess the momentum of karmas in the coming year or coming 20 years or coming month for that region so for mm-hmm. that we get accurate time now, now we are not talking about the birth of somebody we are talking about celestial phenomena so we mm-hmm. have accurate data so one advantage of uh, using uh, using collective charts for collective karmas collective fortune is that you have accurate data so both of them are valid astrologers who Who, who, who just want to serve people focus on that and mm-hmm. also when it comes to collective astrology there are mm-hmm. lot of there isn't a lot taught by rishis there is there are some guidelines given like earlier their main focus was on individual horoscopy not collective horoscopy so when mm-hmm. it comes to collective horoscopy there are some guidelines but there is a lot of scope for research but the thing is in my own research i have found some things that work really well so i'm happy to make predictions about Uh, countries etc so first let's talk about uh, states in india let's take andhra pradesh uh, for example we have a an anti hindu government under jagan tirupati temple is under attack hate crimes against hindus are on the rise so tell us what the future holds for andhra pradesh unfortunately i am from andhra pradesh and i am not really pleased about the situation in andhra pradesh now mm-hmm. but unfortunately i don't have any good news to my fellow andhraites unfortunately actually at the time of last elections i predicted that jagan will have a very comfortable victory very huge victory because his time is really good right now even though right now it seems like uh, there is some sentiment building against him unfortunately politically time is still good for him so even in the next elections he has a very good chance but there is some vulnerability in the next elections but in the last elections i was very sure he was going to win but in the next elections there is some chance that he can lose a bit but i i honestly based on who's on the other side at that time i will make a final prediction but at this time just based on his chart i think there is a very good chance that he will win the next election also so okay but the thing is the election after that i forget which year it is uh, late 2020s at that time his good time runs out so at that time he will fall but the thing is his good time runs for several more years so okay. unfortunately people of andhra you have to people especially who care about the hindu causes to you have to see through it see for example at the time of last elections he 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 was with one swami ji in visakhapatnam and 
doing a lot of rituals the swami ji was doing agnyas for him he was speaking for him so a lot of hindus fell in the trap they thought that oh yeah even though he's a christian and he's he's actually more than see christians can also be good rulers they can be secular rulers but the thing brother in law is a is a missionary christian missionary and he works really hard uh, at conversion the scheme in andhra pradesh so at that time i told people close to me that all this is just a show just to just to appease the hurt hindus for the election mm-hmm. we'll do something like this again for the next elections so mm-hmm. you have to create some momentum so that people are aware that all this is just a show this is not really real but unfortunately mm-hmm. his time is good so he will i i i'm afraid he will rule andhra pradesh for some more time now let's move to a state in the north uttar pradesh one of the toughest states to administer given the size of the population and the levels of unemployment and there are challenges in education healthcare and development so tell us what is the future for uttar pradesh yes fortunately i got i got reliable horoscopes for uh, sri yogi adityanath and also akshay mm-hmm. singh yadav uh, recently Yogi Adityanath, the data that was in the public domain never made sense to me. So I never spoke about him till mid of this year. Yogi Adityanath is a really strong leader and he will make the best of a really, really bad situation. And he's mm-hmm. a really fearless, unlike other dharmic leaders of India who are mm-hmm. afraid, who are more career politicians and who are, who are afraid of not being in power, who, who are more calculative. he's a fearless really genuine leader who cares about people not only cares about dharma and religion and hindutva on one side on the right hand side uh, mm-hmm. uh, also on the left hand side he cares about uh, poverty alleviating mm-hmm. poverty prob- poverty basically manav seva apart from constructing a temple in ayodhya for lord ram you also mm-hmm. need to serve the needy you need to basically mm-hmm. have both the left wing and right wing agendas balanced and he is really the right person for that and people only based on people just see some videos here and there video clips here and there and they think that he is just a firebrand uh, fanatical leader with great general knowledge that's what his horoscope reveals very and very compassionate soul and very fearless when it comes to once he figures out this is the right thing to do this is the situation it is bad but this is the right thing to do in this situation once he figures it out he is not he doesn't care what what anybody else will say even if lord comes in front of him and says don't do it he doesn't care if art reveals blessings of lord rama first of all i predicted recently on my youtube channel that he will be the next prime minister after narendra modi ji that is mm-hmm. prediction so my mm-hmm. expectation is for the uttar pradesh elections all these people akhilesh singh yadav and others mayawati and other leaders whatever hangama they may do irrespective of the unemployment and all the all the health related issue covid related slow down in the economy all these irrespective of all these problems people will be pragmatic they will see that on one hand you have people who don't care who don't really do things and they just show up at the elections and talk big they will see that genuineness and moreover all the politics on the other side will work out such that he will have a very comfortable victory even mm-hmm. though now political analysts may be thinking that uh, he is in danger in uttar pradesh i mm-hmm. my prediction is that 
in the next year's elections, early next year's, early 2022 assembly elections, mm-hmm. Yogi Adityanath will have a comfortable victory, a convincing victory in the state of Uttar Pradesh. But what mm-hmm. I expect is, after that, uh, in 2024, we'll have the Lok Sabha national elections. So around mm-hmm. the time of, until, the, until that, he will focus on the state, but around that time, he will start to shift his attention to the national level politics. Again, in the national elections, he will lead BJP to comfortable number of seats in the Lok Sabha in 2024 okay. uh, Lok Sabha elections. And after that, I expect that he may move to national government. I strongly expect that in late 2025 or 2026, most likely early 2026 or spring 2026, around that time, I expect that Narendra Modi ji will retire from prime ministership. Though he will be the prime minister, re-elected prime minister in 2024, he will mm-hmm. transfer power to Yogi ji. That Yogi ji will be the prime minister of India from 2026 uh, for a couple of terms. And okay. that, will be, that will be a really, really dangerous period for the world with a major war, etc. He will provide fearless leadership to India. He will be like FDR, Roosevelt for US. In a major war that I expect will happen towards the end of this decade and most likely 2030 2031 that period is a key period for that war he will be the leader of leader who will lead india to prominence in that in that crazy period he will be the okay. fdr of india in my opinion okay so he will okay. he will, will so i i actually sidetracked into national politics but yogi ji will be reelected as the cmo of up that is my prediction for next year okay that's wonderful to hear. In my last interview, Sri Narasimha you touched upon China. Please talk to us about China, but many people want to know about the fate of Tibet. So with the focus on Tibet, could you tell us about this, how this whole thing is going to play out for China? I do expect Tibet to be liberated in the next 15, 20 years. I expect a major war towards the end of this decade. And especially in 2030, late 2030, there is a combination, planetary combination, Guru, Guru Rahu in Anuradha in Vistikam and Seni mm-hmm. and Ketu in Rohini Nakshatram, Roshabha. That is mm-hmm. similar to what happened at the time of Mahabharata. It's a period when a big war will be simmering. That will make a huge difference to China's fortunes and also that will play a major role in the independence of Tibet. I do expect Tibet to be independent. And like I mentioned in my last May interview, 2020 May interview, I do expect China to be broken, disintegrate into multiple countries. Right now, a lot of people ask me, it doesn't seem like that. China is so strong now. And if you look at US, the other thing I said in the same interview is that US will wane in its power. What happened to UK in 1940s and 1950s? It was mm-hmm. question number one in the world. Became it, it was still powerful, but not at the same level. It was it mm-hmm. second level superpower. And the same thing, same transformation will happen to US in the in, in this decade and the next decade. For example, what happened in Afghanistan is a step in that direction. And there may be some mm-hmm. more missteps like that in the coming decade. But basically, US, US power is waning in the world as China is really belligerent. And Absolutely. They are mm-hmm. active in Africa. They are active in South America. TPT that Obama and Biden negotiated. All the China's neighbors like Philippines and all those Southeastern countries, Australia, New Zealand, and South American countries, Canada, US, they all formed it. Mm-hmm. Unlike unlike NAFTA, where there was no uh, there was no basically restrictions, uh, good practices, human rights, mm-hmm. etc. Basically, all the fair trade, human rights related uh, 
uh, things were baked into TPT, but uh, after Trump got out of it, China basically took hold of that whole territory. Tremendous financial influence and even military influence. How can it? How can it happen? I will take mm-hmm. you back to 1940s, 1930s, and 1940s. Germany, UK was the unquestioned number one in the world. Mm-hmm. Germany was rising. And there was mm-hmm. a time in late 1930s and 1940s when it seemed like Germany was the new number one. UK mm-hmm. was basically going down. Germany mm-hmm. is the new number one. So everybody thought Germany was going to rule the world. And it could have happened, except for a few battles where some key moments swung against Germany. My opinion, China is the new mm. Germany. China and okay. Russia of today are the new Germany and Italy. Mm-hmm. US of today is the uk of 1940s and uh, that that time period 1930s and 1940s and in my opinion even though it may not make sense at this point of time you, what us was in that period india mm-hmm. is for the next couple of decades so india will okay. have us will wane in its power china will it seem like china will take over the world and then they will be too aggressive too belligerent and they will they will they will bite more than what they can chew and as a result mm-hmm. and also when some key battles happen things can go either way but destiny will not be on their side things will not go their way and this is going to happen in the next 15 16 years as mm-hmm. i mentioned in my may interview 2019 to 2036 is a really unstable turbulent very turbulent period in the world like pandemic was one one step and then there may be some financial troubles in coming coming times before the actual physical war there may be some cyber war kind of things tremendous natural disasters the kind of which we haven't seen this 16 year period is a very turbulent and violent period for the world in hindsight when we look back if we are alive if we look back 50 years later it will seem mm. like a very very important period when world was put on a sustainable a new course of sustainable peace speaking of peace sustainable peace afghanistan is in the news today the us has withdrawn after two decades what is the future for afghanistan and the taliban pakistan has a big role in all of this what does the future hold for pakistan yes okay this is a very very good question so first afghanistan unfortunately unfortunately i don't have any just like i said i don't have a good news for people from andhra pradesh i don't have mm-hmm. a good news for my friends from afghanistan the period from 2007 to 2012 was somewhat stable period for them but overall till 2042 the time is really bad i do expect civil wars and fights and violence to continue and plague normal life regular life in afghanistan till 2042 taliban ha- has won now us us after 20 years of missteps 20 years of uh, delusion that they can build a nation in their own image mm-hmm. ignore all the tribal politics tribal dynamics mm-hmm. tribal loyalties etc and then build a build an afghanistan army and afghanistan government that is in us image after the delusion that george w bush and cheney had which barack mm-hmm. obama and joe biden continued this whole misadventure it was never going to succeed even if they waited another 10 years this was never going to work after 10 years when they withdraw it was just fallen like a pack of cards so this democracy experiment is is just unfortunate and i do expect that taliban even though it may seem like they won for now it will not be easy for them to govern govern the country of afghanistan afghanistan is made of all these various tribes tribes have their own politics their own dynamics their own loyalties there will be anti taliban forces uh, within afghanistan that will be that will be fighting the taliban 
there will be some there may be some tension between ISIS and Taliban even though mm-hmm. they all work towards one particular cause mm-hmm. till there are there is a lot of internal politics between them so and even within Taliban i do expect that there will be a section of Taliban which learned the lesson from late 1990s and early 2000s when they were in rule in the beginning mm-hmm. for example they said no cricket cricket is haram so you can't mm-hmm. play cricket but like that basically music is haram cricket is haram this is haram that is haram so later after the after the debacle of last 20 years when they were kind of decimated and they came mm-hmm. back from dead now they some taliban have learned the lesson and they they will still implement their hardcore agenda internally but when it mm-hmm. comes to Uh, the f- putting a face for the world they will try to mm-hmm. put a more liberal or more balanced more diplomatic face and try mm-hmm. to say try to say the nice things but under the hood when nobody is looking do all the harsh things but the thing is when it comes to money like for mm-hmm. example in entertaining cricket entertain encouraging cricket encouraging uh, music etc entertain mm-hmm. et some mm-hmm. taliban would have realized that the these things will keep people happy and keep them under their controls there will be some moderate taliban so taliban 2.0 will be a little more moderate especially mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to the looks when it comes to the optics internally they will be as brutal to women and children as they were in late 1990s so but, but the thing is there will be some forces within taliban who say no 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 this is against against so and so scripture so you can't do this this is haram so there will be mm-hmm. tensions within taliban not right now but in the coming years in the next 2 3 years slowly these will bubble up and come to the surface so there will be fights within taliban and fights from outside various so mm-hmm. it'll not be a bed of roses and i do see a civil war in taliban in the in the coming years and the mm-hmm. other thing is when it comes to pakistan this is really a huge victory for taliban uh, pakistan in the short term look at taliban or even if you look at isis isis uh, k khorasan or something who 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 attacked the us withdrawing us army at the at the airport so mm-hmm. all these entities isis k even actual isis full isis taliban these are all pa- friends of pakistan especially isis k and taliban were incubated by pakistan these were basically mm-hmm. babies of pakistan but at the same mm-hmm. time if you have a baby and the baby is evil the baby may not listen to you you are an mm-hmm. evil person and you have an evil baby evil baby may actually hit you in the end and that's what mm-hmm. i expect for pakistan actually right now time is good for pakistan but from next august or september or so a few mm-hmm. years is really really terrible for pakistan so i do expect that this victory will prove to be a pyrrhic victory for pakistan this will be a the problem in the long run even though it mm-hmm. seems like a victory in the short term on mm-hmm. one hand the west will put pressure on pakistan to say oh these are your guys rein them in you basically mm-hmm. put pressure on them so that they are doing the right thing so they will put west will squeeze pakistan and using some financial incentives as a leverage and at the same time pakistan may not have the leverage over mm-hmm. the taliban leaders because right now they depend on them but once they are independent and when, once there is tension within taliban they may not be able to listen to pakistan's dictates so pakistan mm-hmm. will be between a rock and hard place they can never they can neither control taliban nor nor really resist the western pressure and at the mm-hmm. same time uh, the some of the taliban for some of the uh, fundamentalist forces that are in in afghanistan 
they may mm-hmm. want to do similar thing in pakistan because pakistan mm-hmm. also has a pakistani taliban so there Correct. may be infiltration it i mean infiltration is not really a right word right word because they actually go back and forth. go back and forth <laughs> they may they may start to fight on the pakistani side instead of on the afghan side and mm-hmm. against against the pakistani government and one more thing is in the next few years there is even a chance of a military coup in pakistan so things mm. really can really get murky in pakistan pakistan will have there will be different forces pulling pakistan in different directions and pakistan will be unable to figure out is is correct direction so things will be very bad for pakistan in the in the in the long term especially after next mid mid next year things will start mm-hmm. to you will start seeing some negative things coming emerging from pakistan so this is this is not a long term victory for pakistan this is basically okay. this is this is this will, will compound their misfortunes unfortunately and the other player in the region is there are two other major players if you look at iran mm-hmm. iran is also a, a is a muslim country but iran is shia majority shia. whereas mm-hmm. taliban is a is mainly a sunni movement sunni based movement so mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically based on the Deobandi movement, but it 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 adheres to the Sunni philosophy. So there will mm-hmm. be some Sunni Shia tensions between Iran and Taliban also, and also Iran is fighting a lot of proxy wars in the Middle East, like mm-hmm. Syria, Yemen, etc., where mm-hmm. Saudi-backed uh, Sunni ISIS and the mm-hmm. Iran-backed Shia militants, there mm-hmm. there is a clash between them in the entire Middle East, and that mm-hmm. will that will blow really, and Taliban will once taliban are dif- find it difficult to control afghanistan some forces will spill into pakistan and also there will be some tensions on the western side with iran so iran will also face some nuisance because of the instability in afghanistan and also some refugees going from afghanistan to iran and am- among those refugees maybe some sunni ideologies being imported some militants being imported so there will be some problems for iran and the other major player is china apart mm-hmm. from a being being a big victory for pakistan this is a big victory for china also mm-hmm. because china is china has control over pakistan and pakistan this is pakistan's baby so china can easily get in once mm-hmm. us gets out and right now china is showing some signals that is doing and mm-hmm. also there are some rare earth materials etc that are available in afghanistan in some areas correct afghanistan so china needs them for the modern technologies all the solar panels phones etc windmills so they they will want an uh, a, a monopoly on all those minerals so they will try and also there there is a lot of construction to do a lot of building building industries so china will try to get in on that and i think mm-hmm. they will be successful right now time is great for china so they will continue to continue to basically play a prominent role but the thing is as they work with taliban with afghanistan in afghanistan just like i said taliban fighters may spill into neighboring countries they may also spill into the southwest china where mm-hmm. you have the i think uyghur uyghur yeah yeah the uyghur muslims having weaker weaker muslim mm-hmm. population so mm-hmm. they have been suppressed really badly by, by china so mm-hmm. once taliban resonate with their suffering with their agony these fighters may go there it's not right now but in a few years mid 2020s mm-hmm. i expect that to be a problem and that mm-hmm. will be problem enough for china because china doesn't need doesn't tolerate a small amount of dissent or violence also they just mm-hmm. use an iron fist to suppress everything these taliban fighters will have with all these weaponry from us weaponry from even russia that was 
taken in 1980 so weaponry coming from various places so with all this heavy weaponry they will get into that area and it will cause nuisance to china mm-hmm. and also it will make it to the international headlines now, mm-hmm. cause problems for china so this will be a headache huge headache for all the neighboring countries and even for europe which is not directly involved with afghanistan all the refugees who go who leave afghanistan in the coming years as the civil war simmers mm-hmm. there they will mm-hmm. create a problem for europe, europe. also just like we had mm-hmm. problem with the iraq and syrian refugee is going mm-hmm. to have reverberations across the world coming 5 6 years what about israel in all of this um because they seem to be a little island stuck in the middle of chaos yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't really looked deeply at israel so i will talk about israel in future videos but mm-hmm. the thing is this is this is a very unstable period for the middle east in mm-hmm. the least there'll be a lot of lot of problems and all these tensions between sunnis and shias various forces within the islamic world this will really simmer throughout this decade this will continue whatever started in yemen iraq and then spilled into syria yemen and there is some tension in turkey now all this will start to blow up so whole middle east will be burning and mm-hmm. so far based on superficial study that i have done Israel mm-hmm. will have some tensions but the thing is most of the tensions will be between the Islamic countries rather than with the Israel so Israel will uh, skip the bullet they will dodge the bullet for a while but the thing is mm-hmm. i'm afraid i have to look more deeply but i'm afraid mm-hmm. because i do expect a major war get mm-hmm. from now and i mm-hmm. do expect iran to be the epicenter of that war basically middle east mm-hmm. be the epicenter of that war so mm-hmm. obviously israel will have to be involved in some way or the other but i have mm-hmm. to look more deeply and towards okay. closer to that i will make more clear predictions you mentioned briefly earlier on about uh, a financial market crash perhaps uh, coming soon so uh, can you tell us the predictions on where the markets will go how bad will the crash be is it just one of the ups and downs that we've seen in the past or is it something unprecedented i do expect something unprecedented but i don't want to clearly say this is the time when i expect it because it's not a good idea and also our astrology is not so so good and moreover mm-hmm. there is a difference between the actual finances economy and stock market economy and stock market are, are not always correlated by mm-hmm. most metrics economy maybe when you think that economy is actually in doldrums still stock market people may be bullish because it's based on speculation but i will i will talk in future but one thing is in this 16 year period that i mentioned mm-hmm. 2019 to 2036 i do expect mm-hmm. a major crash of the type of type that was seen in 1930 uh, the great depression i do expect one such event in the in, in this in this period 16 year period see mm-hmm. if you look at it the, there was a pandemic in 1920 the mm-hmm. spanish flu and then in uh, 10 years later in 1930 there was this financial meltdown the great depression mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then as a result there was a lot of tensions between various interests of various countries and there was mm-hmm. a war starting from 1939 or 1940 till 1945 so 1920 to uh, sorry 29 yeah 1920 to 1945 the 25 year period you had a pandemic you had an economic meltdown and you had a major war mm-hmm. so whatever happened in the 25 year period then it mm-hmm. happened in a 16 year 15 16 year period now there was a pandemic mm-hmm. in 2020 and then mm-hmm. meltdown will happen sometime mid to late uh, this uh, decade 
and then mm-hmm. towards the end of this decade there'll be a war and also mm-hmm. the war may not go for 5 6 years like last time it may be shorter but the thing is whatever happened in a 25 year period will be compressed to 12 year mm-hmm. 13 year 14 year kind of period but we mm-hmm. will see not exactly the same but sim- some similar similar mechanism we will see but one thing mm-hmm. is for sure this 16 year period from 2019 to 2036 is a period of great upheavals and turbulence for the world okay and the pandemic now, was just the start okay now you mentioned that uh, india will begin to rise as the world leader but everything that india has in terms of problems in terms of technological advancement in terms of education um, everything doesn't seem to be up to par with what a major world leader uh, would be like so what is it that will bring india to the forefront uh, so a couple of things one is even in terms of material technology uh, at the material plane what we call as science and technology india is actually advanced except that just like in the in the 1900s all the brain power of the world was being used by germany germany had a lot of brain power at that time similarly mm-hmm. all the brain power is outside india right now china us these mm-hmm. are the countries russia these are the countries having brain power but the thing is india indian scientists are working in us and there is lot of know how among the indian diaspora across mm-hmm. across the world and even mm-hmm. in india homegrown industry if you look at the homegrown universities and industries there is lot of knowledge there so even in terms of science and technology india has a lot of knowledge but the thing is there is no selfless leadership that gives mm-hmm. direction to this encourages this and lets this basically flourish in india instead of leaving mm-hmm. india and i do expect that towards the end of this decade and also particularly in the next decade i do expect that india will have strong leadership which will encourage encourage the science and technology to stay in mm-hmm. india and mm-hmm. work on indian problems rather than international problems that is one thing mm-hmm. the second thing is this particular thing that is going to happen this particular instability in the world this is basically towards taking the world in a direction of more sustainable and dharmic peace mm-hmm. right see for example between world war 2 and now relatively speaking compare if you look at the history last 2000 years there were continuously there were wars there was mm-hmm. violence but if you mm-hmm. look from the world war 2 to now there are there have been some wars but overall this is a period of relative stability for a majority of the world right though not all but the thing is during this period even though we see peace and violence in our from our perspective from the perspective of earth from the perspective of nature mm-hmm. environment this is the most violent period there was a war on war on environment effectively mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. basically the whole world india and india africa south america various countries various aboriginal or native cultures even in us mm-hmm. native mm-hmm. culture and south america various native cultures had sustainable way of living mm-hmm. they had a civilization that was sustainable that would sustain for millennia without mm-hmm. burdening earth and it was mm-hmm. responsible towards earth and then there was a new way of thinking enabled by the industrial civilization there was a way mm-hmm. of thinking a new civilization arose in the west and their approach is so selfish it's, it doesn't look at the holistic it doesn't take a holistic approach looking at mm-hmm. our responsibility towards each other and the environment and earth and it does not uh, defy environment mm-hmm. and earth unlike the old cultures so mm-hmm. this civilization had an extreme superiority complex and 
because they had some material prosperity and some weapons etc they were able to conquer the whole world and now what happened in this century is the, the, all the world that was conquered by them adopted their civilization and now as the civilization rampages through the world the destruction of environment has been is basically like an exponential progression so mm-hmm. so as a result now we are at a point where this is this will break very soon there is no this is absolutely unsustainable this can't go on for another century this can maximum go on for another few decades so nature will have a by nature i don't just mean na- nature but universe the cosmos universe. cosmo universe will basically put in corrective mechanisms which will move us towards a more sustainable it will be a more sustainable civilization so at the end of this war that i am talking about in 1930s early 1930s by the time this period this period of upheaval ends in mm-hmm. 2036 world will be on a path towards a more sustainable equilibrium more sustainable peace more dharmic peace so mm-hmm. there when it comes to uh, a civilization that knows how to do it india is one of the great civilizations and mm-hmm. there are other civilizations which probably were related to the sanatan dharma in the old days mm-hmm. like the civilizations a mayan civilization inca incan civilization in south america mayan in central america the native mm-hmm. american civilization and mm-hmm. aboriginals of australia new zealand and those mm-hmm. countries all these and, and aboriginals of africa all these mm-hmm. were probably because if you look at some similarities in their customs and ways of thinking all these mm-hmm. were probably connected with the ancient indian sanatan dharma tradition but mm-hmm. they probably after a major war they all got separated and grew independently but what mm-hmm. i am trying to say is that way of thinking that way of looking at life looking at our relationship with the world mm-hmm. that will come to the surface again and without okay. it world will not sustain so there india can be a world leader so in mm-hmm. india has that thinking imbibed in our scriptures so that okay. that is another way apart from understanding of the modern technology that is another way where india will lead the world in the coming times okay now you had mentioned that uh, jyotisham can be used for uh, pre- using the birth of a collective entity like a nation you can predict now can you uh, can you be can, can it be used to predict the trajectories of world religions and if so what is the trajectory of islam as we move forward so unfortunately we don't have charts for religions we mm-hmm. don't know exactly when a religion was established so we don't have a chart for religion and the other charts which i talked about there are two ways you can look at a nation the independence mm-hmm. chart when the nation the the concept of we are all one country called india was formed in the minds of people that time basically that mm-hmm. for that time you can make a chart that is one way mm-hmm. but those are usually not reliable because even before india as a nation gets independence there may be a notion of india in people's minds mm-hmm. and for some other countries such a time may not even be clearly recorded or known so mm-hmm. those are unreliable but what is mm-hmm. more reliable is celestial phenomena when uh, mm-hmm. senian guru kanjain or senian ketu kanjain for those events celestial events you make the chart for the capital of that country and you can make some predictions okay. you can try the same thing for the mecca mm-hmm. for islam and vatican for christianity but i haven't really done much study with that perhaps mm-hmm. there's something that i can do in future so i can't really predict about islam per se but the thing mm-hmm. is looking at the looking at individual countries where islam is uh, prominent uh, mm-hmm. islamic countries in that region mm-hmm. looking at those countries 
I do expect that there will be upheaval. Mm-hmm. The there will be a major upheaval in the coming decade and half. So mm-hmm. especially in the next two decades, I expect these countries to be to undergo major transformation. So based on not based on any chart relating to Islam, but based on the charts relating to those Islamic countries, my expectation mm-hmm. is that between various sects within Islam, mm-hmm. there will mm-hmm. be a lot of tension simmering mm-hmm. in the coming decade or two. And in addition. one thing that people may not realize there will be a lot of atheism the so called apostates people who mm-hmm. have lost faith but they are afraid to speak up because they they will be reprimanded mm-hmm. because some of the religions are uh, iron fisted in, in in hindus for example uh, apostate or atheist they guess hinduism of accepting uh, rationalism which basically doesn't recognize god but consider mm-hmm. the whole world and all human beings as god and manav seva is madhav seva there is a stream hinduism is like a collection of various philosophies mm-hmm. which all enable you to make progress spiritually in life whereas mm-hmm. other religions are one hard rigid methodology mm-hmm. so they will be reprimanded so people can't speak up openly mm-hmm. i i expect that there will there will be a growing population of apostates and atheists and agnostics within mm-hmm. islamic countries there probably are already but there will be a lot more in the coming decade or decade decade and half and they will start speaking up as the fights between various sects become strong and the countries become weak they will start to speak up more so this is another thing people say islam versus christianity hinduism versus christianity hinduism versus islam there is a there is a big trouble from this religion i understand where that all that is coming from because there is a mm-hmm. lot of conversion activity in india there is a lot of religion based terrorism in india so i mm-hmm. understand where all that is coming from but i think especially as troubles mount in the world economic mm-hmm. troubles and later wars people will not give a damn about religion it's more is they will they will actually start questioning religion so the the real fight that all religions have whether it's hinduism or christianity or islam the real fight they have is against atheism agnosticism and mm-hmm. apostates that's the real fight and that people have to really prepare for but their hinduism has an advantage when people are mm-hmm. rational rationalistic and questioning things questioning blind faith hinduism has the strongest foundation to satisfy them so mm-hmm. this onslaught from the rationalists that is coming up that uh, that onslaught hinduism is in a is in the best possible position to withstand it so that is another reason why even though it seems like hinduism is under tremendous attack right now and i understand that and i'm happy that people are fighting against it but in the mm-hmm. end the fight will be really against atheism and hinduism mm-hmm. will in that fight thank you so much for all your insights uh, shri rao Uh, we hope to have you back soon again as we get through this year and perhaps the next year and always always a pleasure to have you so thank you again and namaste thank you vijay ji and thank you everybody namaste sarvam krishna arpanam